I'm Matthew Whitehouse. You're listening to The Face Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about everything from the Golden Globes to Sushi Park, LA's most discreet celeb hangout, Playboy Carter's new single, and the first big viral fashion moment of the year. Joining me today are the Face Music Director, Davey Reed, Assistant Editor, Jade Wicks, and Digital Director, Brooke McCord. Happy New Year. Any um, New Year's resolutions? I try to give myself loose resolutions, and if I don't stick to them, I don't feel so bad about it. But it's always something simple, like watch more films, read more books, smoke less cigarettes. Like everyone else, I've been like, you know, I go to the gym more, and I did have my first ever personal trainer session on Monday night. Did you? Ooh. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah. He was like, okay, we'll like start with some leg exercises. I was like, oh, Squats. Well, well, that's fine, because there's nothing intimidating about a leg exercise. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Until the next day. Well, yeah, because I've never done a leg exercise. <laughs> so I was like, and he was like, yeah, yeah, so we'll just start with some warm-up. So I was in agony within like 30 <laughs> seconds. I was like, man, I just can't do it. Like, my leg doesn't go in that shape. So... <laughs> but you know what? Strangely, I'm actually like quite looking forward to the next one, and he's a nice guy as well. Is he? So yeah, so shout out to Taz, yeah, Taz, shout out to Taz Brooke. Anything from you? I actually purposefully didn't set any this year because I'm sick of getting to December and mm. being like, mm, didn't follow through with those. But I would say I'm having a slightly drier January than mm. usual. Not bone dry, but drier. I had did two martinis icon? last night though. Oh, did you? Well, mm. that's not Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we did do an article we on being did. sober curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm definitely. You know, the fitness, the reading, mm. all mm. of that. Starting the year right. Very good, very good. Well, the year has started. You know, in terms of stuff that we talk about, the Golden Globes were mm. on Sunday. Did you catch any of it? I just caught the kind of bite-sized versions. I think that's how everybody yeah, watches it. I yeah. don't know. I'm All the viral bits shared the next day. Yeah, exactly. I've never watched the thing. I just sort of Me see that. And it's just on too late for us yeah. Brits, isn't it? I feel like it was quite a good year, actually, yeah. um, just in terms of like the celebrity gossip and mm. viral moments like surrounding the actual award show. Um, there was Jacob Elordi's bathwater candle being passed around. Right, what, um, what, is, what is Jacob Elordi? <laughs> this is a salt burn. Thing. It's a salt burn reference. Right. Obviously, the scene where he kind of um, has a good time with himself in the bath, right. and then <laughs> <laughs> Barry Gogan's character kind of runs up and uh, gets in the bath and like slurps off the bath water afterwards. Um, so yeah, that was being passed around. What and they've made a candle that. They've made a candle that allegedly smells like it, but I think much like the right. Gwyneth... I wonder what it smells like, actually. It probably doesn't smell like much like the Gwyneth vagina candle. Mm. It doesn't actually smell like her vagina. Didn't I didn't realise that until recently. Right. I thought they'd actually sampled her vagina uh. smell. <laughs> but actually it's just like a pretty bog-standard sandalwood <laughs> <laughs> number. <laughs> sandalwood vagina. Mm. Um, what else was there? There was Timmy and Kylie. Um, yeah, this was the this, this was the, the major the, the PDA. Yeah, the PDA. I think it was actually while the adverts were on, and they kind of just like let the cameras linger. I see. Um, which essentially turned into like a fan cam of Timmy and Kylie. Which Brooke, I don't know how it made you feel, but it didn't make me feel good. It was a little bit icky. <laughs> I don't know why. It's hard to explain. I know, and I've really been trying to um, support this relationship. I don't actually have <laughs> <you> in what <laughs> way. <laughs> Mentally. Oh, okay. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm not as against it as everyone as everyone else seems to be, but that really just um, made me uncomfortable. I don't know why. Mm. They got one of the lip readers on it, actually. Oh, um, and what did they? So, you know, she's kind of like twiddling around with his necklace mm. and she's kind of telling him, oh, I really like this. I want one of these. I want one in black. And he's like, yeah, you should get one. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, mean, 
and then she's like I love you and he's like I love you oh and then um, and then they were talking to Greta Gerwig at one point as well and everyone was kind of joking around about what they could possibly be talking about mm. and mm. people were talking about this whole like triangle as well right with them and Selena Gomez mm. and then there's that moment where Taylor and Selena are talking and people are trying to figure out what they were saying. Yeah, well, allegedly, um, Selena's telling Taylor that she tried to get a picture with Timothy, to which Kylie said no. Um, <laughs> Drama. But there is just that... That's the good journalism trick of just saying allegedly before <laughs> allegedly. you claim something. Yeah. <laughs> Not getting sued today. Um, but it's just, the, I don't know if you, you guys have seen the Selena video, it's the way she delivers the information and she like does this like vigorous nod afterwards mm. and Taylor's just like... <gasps> It's very, it's very, it's very like, it's very like office gossip, <laughs> like water cooler, like you've just delivered like a, a morsel. Mm. Um, she was in Gucci, wasn't she, Taylor? Yeah, she looked great just, actually. The green sequins. Mm. Yeah, she had like a bit of a. It was a Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, moment. I felt that's mm. what she was giving. Mm. Um, yeah, she looked great. She did look great. I love the Jennifer Lawrence clip as well. If I don't win, I'm leaving. Very, very her, isn't it? Yeah, we posted yeah. that on the Faces TikTok and it's got like over 2 million views, but the comments no are really funny. There are loads of J-Law stands in there being like, you just don't get her humour. <sighs> and obviously she is very funny. Yeah, she's, it's a joke. She's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, 100%. What do you think your face would be if you were kind of nominated for an award and the, the bit when the camera cuts to you? When they say your name, what sort of face do you think you'd What put? if I won the award? No, if you were nominated and they go, and then Jade Wick's nominated. Oh. What kind of... I don't think I could pull off anything funny. No. I think I'd just keep it, <laughs> dumb, smile, thank you very much. <laughs> you know. Just be graceful. <laughs> what, else, what else was happening? What else did she say? Um, what else? Um, the host was getting loads of flack, The host, right? yeah, the host. That was a fucking... Car crash. It's Joe Coy. Joe yeah. Coy. Did you guys know who he was before this? Because I had I didn't, no clue. To be honest, no. No. No, I wasn't very familiar. Um, I feel kind of bad for him now. So I, don't, I don't think he meant badly. I think it's it just it just landed well. really badly. And I think generally it is good to take the piss out of celebrities. And I think, you know, they should be able to take it. And maybe that Taylor Swift NFL joke didn't land, but I think maybe she could have, you know, cracked a smile about it. Um, yeah, I read he said afterwards didn't they? it wasn't particularly meant to be a dig at Taylor Swift it was a dig at the sort of the NFL and how much they cut to her now during exactly games yeah, you know mm. so it was more a dig at that but it just came across like it was a dig at her yeah. I don't think he meant it like that it didn't land and he kind of acknowledged afterwards that it was a bit weird and that it fell a bit flat and you know you know, fair play to him for kind of holding his hands up and saying that it did, some bits didn't really work there were mm. some jokes that were, that were bad like um, saying that Barbie was just a film about a doll with big boobs Right. Like why? Like yeah. that's just not really funny at all. And that cut to the Barbie table, and they were not really not impressed at all. Um, mm. But also, you know, it's just more for us to chew on and chat about in the morning. So, <laughs> thanks, Joe Coy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw a lot of people sharing that Io Edebiri. I think maybe mm. Olive showed it to me, or you showed it to me. Yeah, where yes. she's reacting to the Calvin Klein. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it is weird, isn't it? It's like this, like trying to kind of translate this like internet human virality to real life and it just like falls short it just doesn't work so well, this, sorry I don't actually know what happened there what happened so you must have seen the Jeremy Allen White Calvin Klein campaign I think I'm aware of it okay thank god <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're aware of it but they showed her right they, mm. they got they printed it out and tried to show on her on a massive placard on <laughs> a placard it was a placard yeah <laughs> they must have paid through the nose for that thing which is obviously you know he's <laughs> 
He's wearing his boxer shorts. It's like it's like watching your colleagues strut around the office in a pair of boxer shorts or somebody... It's like watching Matthew walk around in a pair of boxers. Or somebody <laughs> showing me a picture of Matthew in his boxers and saying, so what do you think about this? Yeah. And it's also it was like after they'd won and it was like this really like special moment for the cast and like that's all they've got to do is just like confront them with this placard and poor Jeremy Allen White looks so awkward. Oh, he was there? Yeah, he was yeah, there and, and he's just kind of standing awkwardly and then I was just having none of it, just grabs the placard and it's just like... Stop. Like, he's my co-worker. This is a work event. It's a work function. <laughs> she handled out. it really well. Yeah, and there was another one on the red carpet, actually, where they a different presenter did it, showed it to her, and she <coughs> she flinches. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's true. And I, I saw someone... Um, mentioning on Twitter that now like objectifying women in this way is, or in any way is no longer acceptable to do on such a kind of public facing platform so now it's kind of like well who's going to get it it's the, it's the men like it's equally as uncomfortable I think in some way mm. she handled it really well though the, with, yeah. with the Packard moment she just like put it down and she was like I'm not talking about this yeah mm. I was like what, what mm. are they supposed to say mm. Mm. I don't know it just feels a bit leery mm. that mm. was the big kind of viral fashion thing so far this year wasn't it Brooke that Calvin Klein campaign most definitely mm. so it's the spring summer 24 Calvin Klein campaign obviously starring Jeremy Allen White in his boxer shorts um, shot by Mert Atlas and it went viral this week for obvious reasons I mean it's kind of set against the Manhattan skyline it's one of those you know big budget campaigns and it's not that the creative is groundbreaking it is Jeremy in his boxer shorts but I think that's what makes it she's Calvin Klein exactly exactly inherently Calvin Klein the timing with obviously with his win the fact that he does look you know Rather strapping in his pants. Um, <laughs> I'm, yep. Had everybody swooning at his feet, uh, myself included. Mm. Um, but obviously, Calvin is known for those, you know, back bringing that, bringing sex to mainstream 90s advertising campaigns in America. And that now sits in this Hall of Fame with um, everybody from. You know, Kate Moss and Mark Wahlberg mm. and Brooke Shields. Mm. And yeah, nothing comes between me and my Calvins was exactly, the famous Brooke that Shields. that was the very good copy line. Which they've just banned. There was a, I read this on the way in on the Metro. Really? Yeah, there was a, there was a Twigs Calvin Klein advert mm. as well and they banned it, the billboard of it, because it was too sexual. Really? Interesting. Mm. 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 How much more sexual can it be than all the other ones? Not much more, you know. Yeah, it's. I don't understand it's why crazy. the Twigs one more than anything else. Mm. Um, yeah, but I read that this morning. Well, as I said, you know, personally quite a fan of this Calvin recent <laughs> campaign. Um, to, so I started reading this interview with him on GQ and he basically talked about um, how he was kind of sick pre-shoot and that he didn't have time to like train as much as he would oh, have. Oh, please. And how he yeah. was like cramming push-ups and pull-ups the night before the shoot, which I'm sorry, I do not believe that that, that is works. ridiculous <laughs> oh my god Olive said she thought he looked like a big baby a big baby a big baby well yeah because we talked about had he lost it a little bit recently right we'd said in the he's office because he he's was so so, he'd become a bit self-aware mm. we felt but he's yeah. back I think he is so back yeah <laughs> he was a proper Calvin Klein I interviewed yeah. Calvin Klein actual Calvin Klein yeah, yeah. that's a great interview. he was amazing he was one of the one of the most interesting people. Oh, really? What a life yeah. he's had. What a life. Studio 54 and all mm. this. And but he's got stories. He did. And he also had a really handsome assistant. Who <laughs> I remember just, he, t- he had this green juice and he turned it upside down and he just watched the sediment fall for the two hours that we were there. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I watched it. He's this amazingly good looking guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> reduced to yeah, um, just sat smoothie and watched duty. The green juice falling. Smoothie um, duty. It was great, great interview. Um, so that was a big first fashion month. Anything else? Yeah. Any other campaigns this week? There've been quite a lot actually. Obviously, it's that kind of time of the year where all of the big houses unveil their spring summer twenty four campaigns and spice things up in January. Mm. So there was a Prada campaign as well, which was a group campaign. And it features all the models who walked in the Spring Summer 24 show. I think it's like 40 of the 47 models. And it's, you know, typically beautiful Prada campaign. Um, but it's really nice, that kind of idea of strength in numbers and showing that collective mm. identity of the show. Um, There's a Gucci campaign as well, which also was a group campaign and kind of feels reflective of maybe those 90s kind of Vogue group covers with the Supers or mm. those Versace and Alaya campaigns that you see shared on social media so much. And I guess we're getting more of a flavour of Sabato Desano's vision for Gucci at the moment. Mm. Um, Taylor was interesting for that as well. Yeah, I think. It's exactly. Taylor Swift for the yeah, I feel like you don't, well, we haven't seen her no. at awards in Gucci before. Yeah. So it's all kind of, you know, part of this new vision that's playing out. And as we've kind of talked about a lot on previous episodes, this new vision for Gucci is a big contrast to that you know, maximalism and grandeur mm. that we saw when Alessandra Michele was at the helm of the house. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens next there. Mm. Mm. Um, what else? There's definitely Proenza, oh. Proenza. Pamela Anderson. Yeah, Pamela Anderson looked very chic in the Proenza campaign. Because um, she caused a storm last season, didn't yes. she? Was it in Paris? It was during Paris um, Fashion Week in September and she was at a couple of the shows I vividly remember her being at the Vivian Westwood show and she was wearing no makeup and everybody went absolutely wild for it because mm. obviously she just looks incredible and it was this kind of n n new no makeup era for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing. And in this Proenza campaign as well, like, I mean, you can see she's got some balm on her lips, but I don't think she's wearing any makeup in that either and just looks as incredible as ever. And looking equally as amazing was Diana Ross in the yeah. new Saint Laurent campaign. Obviously the original diva she's wearing this like amazing off the shoulder black dress it's photographed by david sims and i think something that's really interesting at the moment and throughout last year is this um you know the fact that people are being cast who are not necessarily the kind of youthful younger faces that we're so accustomed to seeing in the industry and they all look amazing like Maggie Smith was in the Loewe campaign last year yeah. there was that Sports Illustrated cover with Martha Stewart mm -hmm. and yeah I just think it's really nice to see this shift in an industry that's often so obsessed with youth and to see these incredible women um, featuring in these campaigns Absolutely. Diana Ross, mega. Mm. Oh, so mega. <laughs> mega, mega. And you're going to, so remind me, you're going to Milan on Friday for the men's shows, is that right? I am. I'm on the red eye to Milan Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that much for a red eye, only takes about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that just when it's long? <laughs> I thought that was just when you got well, up you early. You might be red eyed, yeah. So this is the men's shows that start. Yeah, no. yeah men's shows are starting on Friday and the first show of the day is actually Gucci. So as I said earlier, just... Yeah, very much looking forward to seeing how that plays out and also seeing who's at the show. The one in September, um, Sabato's first women's wear collection was a real like star-studded affair. You know, everyone from Ryan Gosling and Paul Mezcal and mm. it was like really heavy on the kind of the A-list well, The celebs. campaigns have been like that, haven't they? They had Kendall yeah. and Bad Bunny. Exactly. And they had um, Billie Eilish and Paul. Billie. Yeah. yeah, so excited for that. Mm, that's and his first menswear show. Yes, first menswear show. So that's a big one. 
Um, there's also Stone Island show on Friday night. And believe it or not, that is the first <clears throat> ever Fashion Week show for them. Wow. Despite obviously being founded like... Is it? In the north of Italy in 1982. Yeah, I was shocked. I was looking this up when I saw that they were on the schedule. Why wow. now, do you think? I'm not sure, to be honest. I really don't know. But I think, you know, they have such a... Well, they've got such a diehard audience of fans mm. anyway for everything that they've done. But they've also got this really, like, fashion kind of savvy um, customer. I don't know. Interesting. But, you know, so much of their legacy is based in the north of Italy. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. Very good. Um and then going straight over to Paris. Um, so then it's for our second Vuitton show. And again, the last one was quite the spectacle. <laughs> this I, was the big boat on the, the oh, River yeah. Seine. And the... Basically, it took place on the Pont Neuf, um, this really major bridge in Paris, which they which they'd closed down for the occasion. Guests were transported there on boats. Beyonce was there. Jay-Z performed. Um, there was this amazing choir. It was like Rihanna yeah. was there. Rihanna, yeah, ASAP. It was yeah. it was incredible. Um yeah, just quite the quite the spectacle. So obviously a tough one to follow. So mm. interesting to see what happens next there. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and it was received really well, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think so. So interesting to watch the second outing. Yeah, that's a big one. Um and what else is happening in Paris? Oh, um, you, well, you've got Givenchy without Matthew Williams. Yes, that'll be the first show since he departed from the house a few months ago. Mm, mm. And I believe Are they doing it in-house? Yes, so that's designed by the in-house team this time until um, someone else is announced for the role. Which is the same as Gucci did yeah. last year. Yeah, last... And um, Moschino did it as well? Moschino had guest stylists. Guest, yeah, they had three different right. guest creative directors. Um, but yeah, exactly. The Gucci show this time last year was designed by the in-house team who all came out at the end of the show, um, which was really nice to see. Some of the faces like behind the brand who've been working there for so long mm. and they really like reinterpreted like the codes that the house is known mm. for. So I wonder if it'll be a similar sort of setup this time for Givenchy. Mm. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, we were enjoying what he was doing as well, weren't we? We were. I was raving about that last show and that yeah. parade of beautiful black dresses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. Interesting, interesting. Well, look, Matthew Williams leads nicely onto Music Davy and a couple of big album campaigns have just kicked off. The first being Playboy Carty, who starred in Matthew Williams' first Givenchy campaign in 2020. What's, what's he up to at the moment? Yeah, so, I mean, the Playboy Carty album is probably... You know, in terms of rap albums, is the most anticipated album this year. Um, and I don't know if Matthew Williams is involved yet with the project, but I think uh, Carty showed Matthew some love on Instagram or the other way around um, just recently. But bit of backstory, Playboy Carty's last album, Whole Lot Red, dropped on Christmas Day in 2020, and it wasn't particularly well received. Um, I remember, it was like, can you remember that really bleak Christmas where everyone was like stuck at home for lockdown yeah didn't it come out at, Chris, at Christmas yeah and it's like the most unfestive music ever yeah, been released yeah, so yeah. I was like instead of having like a, a mince pie and watching like James Bond with my family I'm arguing <laughs> with 14 year old Playboy Carty fans on Discord this is not <laughs> not the I'm not in the festive spirit but that album has been so 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 influential like it basically uh, if it didn't invent the rage rap subgenre definitely popularised it. So Playboy Carty's last album before that, Die Lit, in 2018, had really pushed rap into this really melodic, really minimalist zone. And then for a whole lot of red, Carty went really, really dark, really like 
crunchy distorted drums really blown up bass which is like just antisocial to listen to if you have neighbors <laughs> like just like this really gothic vampiric aesthetic um off the back of that there's essentially a subculture attached to that because called opium so um you know kids kind of merge goth and, and punk with sort of hip-hop aesthetics uh he's got a label called opium with a collective of artists who are kind of sort of dress and sound a lot like him and you know i saw uh there was you know what was known as the opium day at wireless in london in the summer and it was just like it was you know it was like a cradle of filth gig or something on <laughs> we the did tube. a photo story yeah we, we did do a photo story of it and you know this is really intense it's funny because that album wasn't that well received and then once you know, live music was back on. Footage of Carty performing those songs was yeah. going viral. Yeah, and I think because it's like such like mosh pit rap. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is it's a, the the stakes are really really high for the follow up. And he started again over the festive period, teasing this new album, which is seems to be just called Music. And I mean, look, there's a massive appetite for this within like the hip hop community because last year was a horrible year for mainstream rap music. I think it's like you know everyone's looking back. Utopia by Travis Scott was really disappointing. Mm. A lot of people really fatigued with Drake. Mm. Um, Kanye was absent for very good reasons, and what he's currently teasing at the minute is not sounding good from uh, the clips it's that are the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, with some, some sort of Burger oh King God. joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the King Burger King. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, <laughs> you know, there's not that much hopes, but, you know, Kendrick's obviously having a breather. So people are really hoping that Playboy Carty is the mainstream artist who can just like push the envelope or push it in a different direction. So he's dropped three tunes from it so far and it's actually the production is a lot more mellow and straightforward. He's rapping in like a complete, he's known for really high pitch, like yelpy voice and it's yeah. just like a completely different voice. Like you wouldn't recognize him much lower. But it's been a weird one because actually none of these songs are on Spotify or Apple Music. He's dropped three singles that all, I think two of them are now on YouTube but yeah. initially they're all just dropped on Instagram. So on like is like a grid post, like the full video, which is interesting because it meant that you ha you've had to like li watch the videos as you hear the songs for the first time. Mm. So it's kind of I know I was sigh when I say it's an audio visual project because it's really pretentious, but actually this kind of is just as much about the aesthetics I think as the music itself. And the latest track he dropped, um, Backrooms, which has Travis Scott on it, the visual creatives are like listed is the right. it's like featuring Travis Scott. Indiana 420 bitch and sex is death. Right, okay. So Indiana 420 bitch, I think the name is Indiana Polarek, Pyrek, is yeah. that right? And they are, if anyone isn't familiar, do you follow that Instagram? I, I know the Instagram, I don't know if yeah, I follow it. Yeah, so it's like this really amazing, really dark, gritty, slightly kind of like raunchy, but something unsettling about it. Um, it's like these photo shoots Indiana shot Kim Kardashian actually last year, right? And Lord as Leon and Sex's Death, who I don't know much about, who seems to be like a creative, a visual creative on it. And she's, you know, in a teaser that he's just posted. So I think there, he's obviously going kind of more underground and, and dark and stuff like that. So the ASEC's been really exciting. The videos I really like, um, kind of basic, but um, it's just kind of him and his mates kind of dancing around a lot. But I 
presume it's choreographed by Blackane. Yeah, who's part of the opium kind of. Yeah, so Blackane for people, you know, we talk about Blackane in that whole scene quite a lot, but just to explain, Blackane is from Lancashire. He's a choreographer and a rapper, and he's really a driving force behind this kind of experimental music scene in Manchester, which we support a lot with Space Africa and Rainy Miller and the mm-hmm. White Hotel Club. And Black Hain has this really intense dance style, which is inspired by like Spice Addicts in Manchester. He used to work as a security guard in Piccadilly Station and Japanese dance. And he just got recruited by Kanye to choreograph remotely the first Donda event. Mm-hmm. And then he got flown out for the Donda 2 event in Miami, which Carty performed at. And ever since then, like it's crazy because you go to a Carty show and you watch footage of it in like headline Rolling Loud Miami. And this lad from Lancashire comes on the mic with this Lancashire accent. Mm. And like he's like the guy who has to like calm down the crowd when there's like the mosh pit gets out of control. But he's also leading the dancers. And he kind of has this like skinhead aesthetic with like big Doc Martens, shaved head, like bomber jacket. And he just like leads the, this like group of skinheads to like just like mosh on stage. Yeah. But the dancing is like really good in the videos and he's been all the teasers. It's like it's Black Hain like shouting about like the new Corti drop mm. at 7.30pm. Mm. So like the whole kind of Motley crew oh, Corti's cool. put together is super interesting. But I mean, whether or not these songs would be hits if they didn't have the videos, maybe not. I mean, it's just filled with a measurable pride scene and Lancastrian on stage rolling around <laughs> just makes me feel extremely happy. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. So Playboy Carter, you're, you're excited about it. Who else has got music coming out this month? So it's actually, you know, last week when we were like, oh, you know, we're going to restart the podcast. I was like, well, there's nothing to talk about music, but it's all kicking off this week. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> everyone's announced an album. I think Ariana Grande, new single yeah. on Friday. Uh, it's called Yes And, a uh, new album out, seventh album out in 2024. Skepta, who... You know, I interviewed him like a couple of months ago yeah, in Jammer about how he wasn't rapping anymore and he kind of had having this big hiatus and he was just doing the house music project Maz Tiempo. He did quite a lot of press about that. He did, did an yeah. evening stand of a story about how like he's not bothered about rapping. He's already like new <laughs> single in the twenty six. Gets Can't me stay up. Away. Yeah, yeah. You turn. Um but yeah, it's good it's gonna be a big year for Skeptic because he he's got that new single coming out on twenty sixth of January. Knife and Fork, that album's gonna come out. He's got his own festival in July where he's gonna DJ and he's gonna perform. So he kind of relaunched Mains a little bit as well, didn't he? Yeah. Last season. He sort of did his proper comeback big show, show for Mains. It seems week. like really well re- received. Mm-hmm. Well. And then obviously like Lil Nas is very much back like so Lil Nas X I don't know if anyone's been following him on TikTok and across social I've seen stuff yeah (laughs) so he's been posting quite a lot of controversial content about his comeback (laughs) including teasers that he's going to expose the whole music industry and all these high profile celebrities and that he's in a safe space if if the Illuminati comes from him Um, and they're they're getting like millions and millions of, of, of likes on TikTok and but he's really found himself in hot water because he on Friday he's dropping his, his comeback single um, Jay Christ named after <laughs> the man who had the greatest comeback ever as you say. <laughs> and JC the comments are quite something the artwork the song's not even out yet but there's a little teaser where he seems to be on a crucifix and there's the artwork where he's on a crucifix posing as Jesus and it's really really uh, seems to offended a lot of people it's kind of interesting I think that the backlash because if you look back at like artists you know Doja Cat caught a bit of flack last year with Demons yeah, um, yeah, 
And, you know, we ran an article by Taylor Crumpton about this, about why in 2023 then is there backlash about sort of satanic imagery in rap when like Three Six Mafia were, you know, doing that in like 92. Mm-hmm. And like, he's not even being satanic with this. Although, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, he did have a video where he had a lap dance from the devil. Yes, he did. So yeah. there is that. But um, it's interesting that people are so offended by this. And I guess like, you know, I saw Lil Nas X when he tweeted the fact that people like Kendrick and Kanye have used um, religious imagery and not got as much flack. He was like, you know, they're straight artists. Is that something to do with it? So and I, I, Madonna, you know, yeah, decades yeah. ago. It's like a tale as old as time, right? Yeah. Mm. I guess the thing is with, the. I guess I have no doubt that, um, you know, straight male artists probably are afforded more artistic license for this kind of thing. Mm. But I guess the one thing is, is with like, you know, when Kendrick wore Crown of Thorns at Glastonbury, you know, he is a very, it's very sincere. And, you know, Kanye had that track on Yeezus, which is called Yeezus, I Am A God, which is full of like jokes and uh, he's been really playful with religious imagery. But like, you know, he's a very sincere Christian, whereas with Lil Nas X, like, you know, he's a piss taker. Yeah, he's shitposting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I'm interested to hear the single um, and I'm interested to see where the discourse goes, but um, it's definitely going to be a wild ride. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad someone's shaking it up a little. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind yeah, of something that we're talking about. Yeah, right. It's good to good to be pissing people off, I think. Especially this far into January. Do you know I mean? It's pretty it's early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. What about new stuff then? Because you did your ones to watch list. Is there is there any new person yeah. that you want to shout out or any new song that you want to shout out to people listening? Do you want to pick one and I'll pick one? Okay. Oh, this is hard actually. I presume you're going to go for Swank Mommy. I was going to do Swank Mommy, but then it was a tie between her and Samak Pro. That new guy. That, God, who, um, who they both very quickly. Okay, very quickly. Swank Mommy is a Norwegian Somali musician yeah. who is really cool. Her last EP was called Eurostar and it's kind of like... Eurostar. <laughs> Eurostar, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of blends all these really fun different genres like R&B, Jersey Club, Breakbeat, bass music in a way that sounds really jarring but it's not jarring at all. It's really smooth and I'm really excited to see what she's got coming up next to be honest. Swank Mammy. Swank Mammy. Who else did you say? <laughs> Sam Mac Pro, who's basically okay. just a Peckham musician who released a new song called Death by Entertainment, which is kind of like an indie hip-hop blend um, with a really cool music video. I'm really excited by He's mates with Pinty and yeah, like hangs out at the Peckham Skate Park kind of thing. Mm, Smoking rollies. Smoking rollies, drinking Strongbow Dark Fruit. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Davey. I'm going to go for Shy Cartier or Chai Cartier. I did actually email Mm. her publicist last night being like, can you clarify how to pronounce (laughs) her artist's name? Not yet. <laughs> maybe we can overdub it. Yeah, maybe the Wi-Fi is here and here is bad. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's go for Chai Cartier. Yeah. 
She's a Tottenham rapper, but she kind of blew up a little bit with a track that she dropped called Bossed Up, which came out right at the start of December. And in the comments, there's Little Sims, Central C, Unknown T, K-Trap. So there's obviously a lot of will for her to succeed. And I think the video is really great. And she is just got this like really raw style. There's loads of emotion in her voice. She's got these slight off-kilter strange flows. I think everyone in the UK rap scene is really hungry this year to hear stuff which is a little bit more alternative or innovative or a little bit different. For the disrespect, give respect, nice too. You only when you're talking, who you giving advice to? Covering my ears now, vicious cycle, stripping title. Why? Cause you've been like this for some years now. I can't ever tell you nothing with your small mind. Taurus baby stubborn and I'm bullside. I like the money sign, only thing that's on my mind. To be a bum, it don't cost much. Can't wait, hold my wrist up full of ice. I paid the price and now I'm bossed up. 20 hours. I, I love this bossed up track. I think, you know, I'm really have fears this year about this being the year where people genuinely just start listening to AI generated music and, and playlists and it all just becomes like music becomes just like central heating or something like that and I think that so like now when I hear an artist where it's like they're doing some quite intense and it's like real authentic emotion I'm like we need to support and cherish them so Shai is my, my artist of the year to watch definitely fantastic fantastic to round off this week Olive Pometsi face deputy editor caught up with journalist Dahlia Benor to chat about Sushi Park a nondescript sushi restaurant that's become LA's most discreet celeb hangout Sushi Park is a sushi restaurant that was opened in 2006 on the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood and ever since it opened, it's been kind of a celebrity haunt. It's now known for its omakase um, menu, which is chef's choice. And the average cost per diner averages around $300 a person. And it looks like your local just kind of hole in the wall haunt. It's attracted everyone from Taylor Swift to Bad Bunny. In the earlier days, people like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher would go. Mm. Um, now it's more of like Taylor Swift and Kendall Jenner and those kinds of celebrities. So it's interesting. Growing up, has it always been something that people in LA have talked about? Or is it something that you've noticed in recent years? People have noticed it being like a recurring theme in paparazzi shops. No, if anything, you know, it kind of fell off the radar for me. Like I remember, and a lot of the people I spoke to, they did say that they went from like the, I would say like late 2000s, like 2008, 2010 to 2015 area era, okay. and then have stopped going. So for me, I remember hearing about it years ago. Uh, maybe not, maybe not right when it opened, but definitely like in the, in the mid, 2000 mid 2010s um and it's definitely it's fallen off the radar for me at least um in the last few years so when you guys reached out about it I was really interested to hear that it was having a revival with these younger celebrities yeah and then obviously the Bottega Veneta campaign and you know it's been featured in things like W Magazine so yeah I think for me it was more popular I would say mid 2010s Okay, so we're kind of in a sushi park renaissance right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just for context for the read, um, listeners, the Patekas campaign, that was actually a paparazzi shot of Kendall Jenner, um, which then went on to be part of their campaign, right? Yes, that was. Yeah. 
Amazing. And what I also um, really loved about your piece is how you kind of talk about the broader sushi culture in LA and specifically how it was the first city to import sushi from Japan in the 60s. I mean, as an Angelino, how important is sushi to the culture? I would say it's very important. And like I mentioned, a lot of my friends are bona fide sushi heads or, you know, sushi snobs. They really seek it out. And I did do a deeper dive into the history of sushi LA in LA and found out it was brought here in 1966. It was kind of divided into two camps, which was one of like tradition and and keeping to um, traditional Japanese um, style of fish. And then there's like more of a new school way of doing things, which which broke with tradition, which kind of created this genre of high LA sushi, um, which are like the Nobu restaurants um, mm-hmm. and Katsuya which were which was started by Nobu Matsuhisa in 1987. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to kind of see the split and like a kind of divide and how that split off in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you actually managed to visit Sushi Park for the story, um, which kind of felt really miraculous because we got in touch with you just before Christmas and you managed to get a reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how, how was that getting a table? How was that process? I had heard so much about the lore and the secrecy and all of that about Sushi Park. So I was a bit nervous, but I found the phone number online relatively easily. And once you call them, it was, I mean, I don't know if it was because of the holiday season, but it was very easy. Everyone was very nice. Um, Yeah, I ended up going on the night before Christmas Eve. You actually managed to see some celebrities there, right? Yes, it was, um, I thought it was, it was very exciting and, you know, make for a great story. But yeah, about, um, I would say like 45 minutes to an hour into our meal. Kendall Jenner walked in, um, with a group of friends and Taco from Odd Future was with her. And yeah, I thought that was, it couldn't have been more perfect for the story. And the restaurant has an Amakazi only menu. Um, can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about how this works and like what the best thing that you ate was? You start with a really nice sashimi with, I think it was like a ponzu sauce. We had everything from albacore, um, white shrimp. There was like bluefin tuna. There was like a white shrimp with like a green yuzu sauce that was so mm. buttery and delicious. And yeah, it was almost translucent. And I, I wrote in the piece, it looked like a, almost like a tiny mini brain. Yeah. Um, and everything was really delicious. Um, and now that you've dined there, can you understand the appeal of Fuji Park for celebrities? Yeah. I mean, for celebrities, I understand it. I mean, I think it's really just their local spot for them. You know, money is no object. So they are able to go there you know, at the drop of a hat, maybe it's not multiple times a week, maybe it's like once a week or every so often, but it's a place where they're guaranteed, you know, privacy. It's a small restaurant. There's no paparazzi, like, you know, the paparazzi will wait downstairs if they're, if they are there. And yeah, I think it's just kind of like their neighborhood clubhouse of sorts. Yeah. I guess it's like the LA celebrity version of like what Nando's is to most British people oh okay yeah Um, and would you go back would I go back if someone else was taking me there I would happily go back I mean I would never turn down um, an invitation for beautiful and delicious sushi that was Olive Pometsi talking to Dahlia Benor, contributing editor of Office Magazine. That's all we've got time for this week. You've been listening to The Face Podcast with me, Matthew Whitehouse. Thank you to Spotify for having us. Thank you to Hunter Charlton for producing the show. Thank you to you for listening. We'll see you next week.